Welcome to the Vici Mundum Show, a ministry of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Catholic Church in Newport News, Virginia. Yeah, I actually, I watched a video today, Pope Francis talking about um, concreteness, the need for concreteness, because he talked about how he visited a bunch of young people, and they immediately, their connection with him was to turn and and take selfies with him in the background. Oh, yeah. And he was speaking about that, and he wasn't, he actually was not saying that, you know, cameras and photos and social media were bad but he was saying the problem is is that the relationship that was happening was virtual and it wasn't concrete yeah like he's like i'm right there and some of them shook my hand but like i'm here you can you can actually touch my hand you can we can shake hands you know that kind of that's kind of what he was going on i don't want to twist like you'd have to watch the video there's way too much twisting of the pope's words that goes on um <laughs> but oh my but he was just so speaking true. kind of about that dynamic between like he said we need to invite young people to understand like the concreteness well i remember during throw out the the social media oh totally and i remember the uh like during the political race you know with uh hillary and trump and everything that that was a complaint that a lot of them had was like whenever they go to just talk with their constituents it's selfie 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 you know they're just like constantly okay a smile click you know and then their faces would just almost droop like i'm exhausted from this wow you know it was Mm -hmm. like and it, it it didn't become about the relationship you have with the candidate and like do you care as much about them representing you as much as it was look everybody i was right beside hillary clinton or i was right beside donald trump you know it's right. just, it's crazy yeah and I, I i was reflecting on what is the power behind like social media and such it's a relationship but if relationship is not being built true relationship is not being built over these four these formats then we're not we're missing the point it's so true you know like speaking of missing the point we're a number of minutes into this podcast. And see, folks, this is what Anthony Ferguson is not here. It's just me and Ken White this morning, uh, me being Austin Farinholt <clears throat> with the Vici Mundum show. Um, and Anthony has this gift of like of glaring at us to make sure we get back on topic. <laughs> Especially whereas, me. <laughs> <laughs> whereas when Ken and I sit down and start talking, man, you just don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> but I do believe we we um, had a, a plan, somewhat of a plan in mind. We like to let the Holy Spirit guide this, but we had somewhat of a plan in mind to talk about uh, a saint, not to talk about the woes of social media. <laughs> right, right. Well, but I think uh, actually, so... Yes, I'm Kent White, the director of youth ministry here at Mount Carmel, and I'm here with, as he said, Austin, the director of advancement. Um, and uh, yeah, I think, but I think some of this plays into a little bit of what I, the saint that I wanted to talk about. Um, saint Gianna Mola is the one I just read this book that was sort of half biography and then half an interview with her husband because mm. um, her husband was actually alive during her beatification. I'm not sure if he's still alive now. Um, when was she alive? She she was born in 1922 and died in 1962. Oh, very recent thing. Yeah. Nice. Yep. And her beatification when she was a blessed came in 1994 and then her canonization as a saint was 2004. Well, I'm sure her kids are still alive. Yes. Her, yes. Her kids are still alive wow and this is a very timely episode because at the time of this recording my wife is set to have a baby in like four days um now she's always late so it'll probably be like 14 days but (laughs) (laughs) but it's kind of cool and ken said he wanted to talk about saint gianna i thought oh man that's great she's you know 
patron of what pregnant women she or? actually i'm not that's a good question i don't know what what she's patron of but has she has something to do with babies she birth. is most known for her kind of end of life sacrifice that was a big deal so she um with the fourth child she had um a uterine tumor that in in today's medical world would not be a big would not be a very dangerous procedure they could take care of it baby would be fine mom would be fine well, in this case, it was it was not as easy in 1961 when they found this, where medicine was at. And so she um, – in Italy, in Italy is where she lived. And she as a doctor, she was actually a, a, a pediatrician, understood the risks that, that would be there. And she really just said, I want – no matter what, she told her husband this and, and he reflects on that in this book. Um, you save the baby before me. If it's ever mm. a question of me or baby, save the baby, uh, which is a very heroic action. Oh yeah. And she actually survived the birth and it was, um, some days afterwards that she had developed an infection and she died of that. Mm. Um, and so she actually got to hel- hold her fourth child, which I think is really beautiful. Wow. Um, and, uh, so, but most people know her for that. That's kind of St. John Amola's big um, holy action. But she actually – what I found really interesting as I was reading her story is that it wasn't something that was developed like like suddenly at the very end. She just, oh, here I am. I'm going to sacrifice my life for my child. <laughs> like this was her whole life. She was a virtuous, holy woman. And, she, and the decisions that she made every day were ones uh, to follow God's will. Mm. And and one and decisions that were loving and giving and self sacrificial. So at the time, the end of her life, when we see this heroic action, while it was very heroic, it was something that she'd been developing all her life, you know. And I, I, that's what struck me is how much of Saint Gianna Mola's life um, had these beautiful reflections of of living um, as a wife, as a mother, and as a doctor. Because that's the big thing too. She was a professional. She she worked as a doctor, and then she was a mother of um, of the four children, and then um, also happily married. And so balancing all of those things, she kind of understood. I think today's busyness. Yeah, when you think of busyness. Yeah, that's really yeah. amazing. I mean, it kind of makes me wonder. I think you said something to me about her once. Just her prayer life too was. Uh, was not when you think of a saint in their prayer life, you think of like hours in front of a chapel, but right. that wasn't hers, right? Mm-hmm. No, it really wasn't. She she would go to daily mass. That was kind of her big thing was getting to mass, and and mass was super early for um, in the town where she lived. But then she also, if she didn't make it to mass, she would just spend a few time, few moments in prayer um, each day. And it was, I mean, yeah, so it wasn't like these hours and hours of praying. It was, you know, I have this amount of time, I give it my all, and then I have to go be a mom, and I have to go be a wife, and I have to go be a doctor, right? Yeah. Um, Which is really beautiful. I mean, that's such a testament that, you know, now it's not, I wouldn't say it's necessarily the case that everybody's called to just a few moments of prayer or, you know, to that particular way of praying. But what I love about it is that saintliness is for those who've got a lot going on also, you know, which is, that's kind of like you and I did a podcast on busyness once, but that's kind of the, the way of our times. Like it's, you know, you've, you've got work that demands a lot of you. You've got kids, you've got, and and you do it a lot. Um, We have to do a lot of these things just with our own family. You know, we're not living with 
a whole lot of relatives close by who can all pitch in and help. A lot of times you're kind of doing it just as one little family unit. Mm-hmm. And so that time for prayer, um, like the, that, I, I don't know, there's just something about it that strikes me that the Holy Spirit and Jesus don't work on our timeline. They work on their own. You know, it's more a disposition of the heart that St. Gianna had that allowed her to have heroic virtue, you know, at, at the end of her life. Right. I'm really glad you said that disposition of heart because that's something that really struck me as I read um, more about her and, and read some of her writings, which there are snippets and excerpts in this book, um, because she was very uh, focused on doing God's will. And that was doing God's will in each moment. So whether she was being a wife, whether she was being a mother, whether she was being a doctor, she was she was very focused and well disposed towards virtue in that moment. Which I think really um, one one of my favorite quotes from her that she says over and over again in her writings is she says our body is a cynical a monstrance through its crystal the world should see God. Can you? <clears throat> So you said cynical, cynical, yeah. Which is which is the upper room, basically, of you know where where Christ and the apostles were, or would be kind of a gathering space. Mm. So our our body is a cynical, a monstrance. It's a place where God is, dwells, mm. right? And through its crystal, the world should see God. Oh wow! Yeah, and wow, so that's beautiful. Yeah, it and it blows me away because that kind of as you read about her life, that that is people like. She just approached life with this reality of I carry God within me and people need to see that, right? So so she carried – her husband talks a lot about her joy, how much joy that she had. Um, And it's just just a powerful powerful thing when you start to like consider, okay, we have God within us. Can people see him? Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's powerful. And and being a doctor too, I think – I'm sure that that joy had a had an impact on her patients that she encountered, right? Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah, absolutely. Um, patient perseverance was another thing that her husband talked a lot about. It's just her ability to persevere, to keep to keep going, and, and um, yeah. So so she organized her life, I think, in such a way that she would have these moments of prayer, these moments of recollection of who she is and who God is, right? And then and then throughout the day she was just in that mode of, okay, here you know, here I am to spread Christ to others. Mm. Um and she didn't stop there. She was actually part of the, the LA um movement at the time, the the um sorry, Catholic lay what is it called? Lay action. Um it was the it was it was actually a, a before Vatican II, it was kind of the major thing that is called Catholic action that lay people got involved in. And now post-Vatican II, in a glorious way, there are so many uh, ways in which we can get involved as lay people, right, in mm. the church and in helping with things. But at the time, Catholic action was kind of the big thing, and she was really involved in Catholic action, forming young women. Mm. So even even with all the other duties that she had, she still was giving in that way as well. So there's something um, striking to me just as you talk about her, that there's uh, that she's got – like these these small moments of virtue, you know, and like and and she she as you said structured her life so that there's prayer, um, even if it's for a short amount of time. But she made it a priority. Like it, mm-hmm. they didn't go by without prayer. But then she's also in an environment that Catholic action um, movement that an environment that nurtured and continued to cultivate that life of prayer, um, which is 
to me seems very striking and very common. Like it, it, that's very par for the course, so to say, for a saint is that they have both an active and uh, um, an important prayer life. You know that they are faithful to, right? Um, with a lot of fidelity, and they. But then they also surround themselves in a community that um, that encourages that, that uplifts that, and even her own family having a husband who encouraged her and mm-hmm. noticed her joy. I mean, does it talk at all about what their relationship was like? Oh, very- <laughs> yeah, it does. It does, and she um, it, actually, there's some if. It, it's sort of the next thing that I want to read, but there's a book that has the letters between them. They wrote letters between each other when they were engaged oh, wow. in particular. And, and it's beautiful. I mean, they, they had, but, but what's interesting is, is he was even a little bit surprised, not, not in the sense that like, Oh, she was a terrible person. And, and I'm surprised they want to, you know, look into her maybe being a holy person, but it was just for him. Sanctity was something so far removed from the ordinary day-to-day action. And so when the so, church, the local church started looking into, Hey, we want to look into your wife's the like holiness and, and consider putting her, you know, as someone that we'd want to research and, and look more into making, you know, a cause for sainthood. Um, <laughs> he's sort of like, really? Like not, not that he was like surprised, like, Oh, of course, like my wife was a good person, but he never, it had seemed like something so far removed mm-hmm. the idea of saint sanctity. And so I think that's beautiful though, because it, they had an ordinary, beautiful relationship. I mean, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't otherworldly. It was. It was a, it was a self-sacrificial a relationship, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, because even for her to say, you know, if if you got to choose between me and the baby, choose the baby, and then he he does help make that decision, right? You know, that's a that's a total that's a gift of self on both of them because he knows. This is what my wife wants. She wants to die for the sake of our child, the product of our love. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that. You know, I, I love you enough to respect that decision. And I love you enough to live with the consequence of not having you in my life anymore. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's that's really heroic on both their parts. Oh, yeah. Because uh, I know if Claire – and Claire has said this before. You know, if something goes wrong, save the baby. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, God, don't put me in that position, please. Right, you right. You know, it's, I just can't imagine the – and it was, what, four kids? That was the fourth kid? Right, that was the fourth child. So then now he's yeah. got to raise all four children by yep. himself. I mean, his cause is going to be pursued. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. No There's, yeah, no, and that's, that's very true. They had to – um, a, a good marriage, a holy marriage, one that was self-sacrificial and focused on God. And he actually talks about how both of them, a huge part of their formation was their own family upbringing, mm. right? And the virtuous upbringing that they were disposed to from their parents and then how that cultivated their own relationship and their own family life. And so sort of a shout out to any of those families that just feel like, oh my gosh, is anything that I'm doing or any of the sacrifices <laughs> I'm making, you know, whether to put my kids through Catholic school or whether, you know, um, trying to war against the culture with my children, you know, and protect them from certain things. Is this really worth it? Or, or wrestling with my child to get them to come to church or whatever it is. Like it is valuable because that's where saints are born. Mm. Right. And that's where saints first grow. And St. Gianna, I think would admit to that. And, and so, you know, her husband definitely does and talks about how their upbringing kind of allowed them to live the virtuous life that they did. Yeah. 
Yeah, I just love their. I mean, I'm so glad that you read this book and have been. Uh, you've been talking about her a lot to me lately. Just the impact she's been having because of what you said. The ordinary, mm-hmm. you know, it's like I I have a special devotion to Padre Pio, and that man was extraordinary. You know, he yeah. had the stigmata. He had uh, he could he could bilocate. Like there were just wonderfully beautiful spiritual gifts that he had. You know, that most of us don't have. Um, Not that we aren't all called to pursue God and be open to any gift he gives us, but most of us just don't have that. But St. Gianna had this this beautiful simplicity, almost like a St. Therese of Lisieux, except she was a married mother working in the world, and just a simple, loving joy, a presence of Jesus Christ that she brings to her patients, that she brings to her husband, that she brings to her children. You know, to the point of, I'll give up my life for somebody else, and she actually does. No greater love has a man than this to lay down his life for his friends, and that's what she had. And that's, yeah. you know, and, and we're called to that, not just in the terms of physical death, but as parents, as husband and wife, we're called to kind of the uh, that, that white martyrdom, you know, the, mm-hmm. the dying to self for the sake of your family, dying, dying to your own desires for the sake of others. The, you know, and, and perhaps my gut would be that she, uh, being a woman who loved Jesus Christ and pursued virtue and um, was open to his grace, that she probably wanted more prayer time. Oh, but she I'm, didn't yeah, always get yeah, it. You know, I she had to die to so. that desire, too, that, you know, that there were things she wanted more of that she just couldn't have. and she But she just carried the joy and the grace that God did give her. It's really incredible. Right, right. And just her life was so marked by joy. Her husband talked about how um, she helped him to loosen up. He was kind of a pretty strict kind of person, even with himself. And she would like go to the mountains and go on hikes and she loved to ski and she would take him to, um, to plays like, you know, (laughs) um, to shows because she, she really enjoyed, she really like lived life and really appreciated, uh, you know, beautiful nature and beautiful art. And she kind of helped draw him out with her, with her just joyous nature Mm. because she was centered. I really like just to go back to that disposition of the heart. Like she was centered on on uh, you know to quote her again that that we're we're supposed to be um a cynical right like a, a monstrance where where god is uh, our body is a cynical a monstrance through its crystal the world should see god and that i think that really was clear and that so came out and we're fractions. supposed to be very cynical is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> no not cynical i didn't Sen- know that's the, that's the way to sainthood it's just being very cynical about everything man i'm on my way <laughs> yeah, right dang holiness abounds in my life then <laughs> as we started this podcast being very cynical about Facebook and social media. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Guys, no, this no, is no. this is how saints are made. <laughs> <laughs> so No, it's true. Yeah, yeah. to be the be the monstrance of, you know, of Jesus Christ. And that I love I mean that that's what we are. Like we we're the um and Mary's the perfect example of that being the the new ark of the covenant, you know, that the uh in the old testament the Israelites carried around the ark that they built that contained God mm-hmm. and they kept them in the middle of their uh their city. Or they'd bring him into battle and they would win battles because he was at their center. But then with the the uh it, when Jesus Christ comes and he brings us the Holy Spirit, then we become that temple, you know? And that's like, but but what do we cover it with? And I love the idea of the, the crystal that you can see Jesus Christ through it. Are we covering him and veiling him or are we letting, are we exposing him to the world through our actions, through the, the small acts of virtue, you know? 
through the touches and the looks of love. Right. Um, just yeah. St. Gianna had. So praise God for giving us the example of St. Gianna and allowing us um, to be able to kind of um, have her as a model for us, especially for the, the, the ordinary, everyday, you know, person that's that's got their job and their family and and those responsibilities i think she's a really good example so i'm really i would highly encourage any of our listeners to to read more about her Mm. and there's plenty out there because really i mean you know being born in 1922 and died in 1962 we have a lot of really good records of people (laughs) you know and uh and so we have we have writings from her um meditations that she had we have you know conversations with her husband and then her kids are still living so it's amazing um and you know shout out to all preg all women who have given birth uh having having gone well i haven't gone through it but having (laughs) watched my wife go through it three times and we're about to do it a fourth time um labor isn't it's beautiful holy smokes i mean it's it's incredible it's terrifying but it's beautiful and it just struck me that uh, Saint Gianna, you know, and back then I don't—they didn't have pain medicine and all that kind of kind of stuff. So she had to first undergo incredible pain. I mean, she carried the cross, right? And then <laughs> at the end of that, through her labor, where she is like dying, you know, uh, from the excruciating pain of giving birth, and then she holds her baby, and then she actually does die, like on like Jesus on the cross. You know, she went through carrying the cross and then she dies, but then new life lives because of her death. And it's, I mean, it's beautiful. It's such an yeah. image of the cross. I totally understand why her local church said, we want, we want to right. pursue her. This is, yeah. this is so Christ-like. Um, yeah. And in that, in that too, a shout out just to all women and the fruit that you can bear through your sacrifices. Like even mm-hmm. if it's not actually having a child, but there's a particular um, powerful, gift that you have of motherhood to all those around you that can really bear fruit. Um, I've met some really motherly women, right. That don't have kids of their own that are just really uh, just, they, they help bear fruit in people's lives. And yeah. it's, it's really beautiful through their self-sacrifice. Right. So no shout out to all the men. Cause we, <laughs> we stink. <laughs> men are cool too. I what, guess. What can we do? Yeah. We're cynical. <laughs> That's right. Cynical cynicals. Um, <laughs> oh boy. Well, this has been <laughs> on that is, note, yeah, right? On that note. No, this has just been, I, I really appreciate the chance to talk more about her. Cause I just, I've felt very close to her as I've read this book. And even throughout my life, she's just been someone who's been present and actually getting to know her a little bit more, um, is really meaningful. So being able to share that with everyone is, I love being awesome. Catholic for that reason. The saints are incredible. Like you actually, they're not just these obscure people like up in heaven that, you know, that we say, you know, say whoever pray for, like it's more than that. There's actually a relationship that can occur. And in the story of these people can move your heart. And Jesus wants us, we were made for fellowship with him. You know, he made us a body of believers with all these saints. And so we can have a relationship with those people. And it's really I mean, I love it. It's mm-hmm. so awesome. So many saints come come into your life and just move you. And uh, Saint Gianna is certainly a good model, especially for for married people. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks. This has been really great. If if you all uh, enjoyed it, please please share it, and we would also love a review. 
um, and you can email us any any thoughts or ideas, comments to vichimundum1633 at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. So uh, until next time, Our Lady of Mount Carmel, pray for us. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the presenters alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Catholic Church in Newport News, Virginia, or the Catholic Diocese of Richmond. This podcast is presented to you by individuals who are not all necessarily experts in the field of discussion, but are answering the call of the new evangelization and sharing the love of Christ with you. God bless you. Woohoo! <laughs> we did okay without Anthony, but you know, it's just not the same without without, Mr. without Mr. Anthony Ferguson, Art Ferg. Without uh, without him, it's not. What the heck is he this morning? Probably busy doing his duties as a seminarian. He's probably on Facebook being making cynical posts or something. <laughs> no. No, we miss him. Speak for yourself. <laughs> I miss him. <laughs> nah, he's all right. He's, he's surprisingly adequate.